Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. And just like that, we are halfway through this Tuesday edition of Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio, on the free Odyssey app, on Sirius XM Channel 158. It is Andrew Bogish in for Bill Ryder. He's back tomorrow. D-Sales got buyer seller this hour. We've got Trey Young versus the Atlanta Hawks media as well before we are done. All coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket Ken. But the back half of the show begins on the guest line. Some more NFL conversation with Ryan Wilson from CBSSports.com. Ryan, it's Andrew. How are you? I'm good, Andrew. How you doing, brother? Good. Thanks, as always, for jumping on. We appreciate it. Uh, I'll, I'll begin with you where we began the show today, an hour ago. Where is Baker Mayfield? On whose roster is Baker Mayfield by this time tomorrow? Man, that's a great question. I don't want to call it a fall from grace because, you know, he basically fell off a footstool, it felt like, after his last stop in Carolina. Uh, but it's been a precipitous fall from, from when he was the first overall pick, and I don't think it's entirely his fault. So where does he end up? Here's where I start. Like, if you can't make it in Carolina, where can you make it? Yeah. And, I, I, you know, San Francisco is an obvious choice, but is he better than, than Brock Purdy? I don't know. And Brock Purdy did a pretty good job in his debut for an injured Jimmy, injured Jimmy G there. And Kyle Shanahan's offense isn't about the quarterback. It's about all the pieces around him. The Colts, perhaps, they had a, a quote-unquote dalliance this offseason, and, and, you know, they were basically like two kids that they were going to ask each other to the prom but found out that they, didn't, they had better options, and, and they went in that direction. So maybe now they reunite that the wheels have fallen off in Indianapolis. Um, the Texans need a quarterback. They're going to draft one with that first overall pick. As we sit here, Davis Mills isn't the answer there. But, again, you're going from the – the Panthers, which were, weren't in great shape to a somehow worse team in, in the Houston Texans. And maybe the Rams also need a quarterback. Yeah. And you can put, put in your resume that you played for uh, the defending Super Bowl champs, but they're also a three-win football team and, and one of the worst teams in the NFL and are about to be disqualified from the from the playoffs after this next week in, in, in all likelihood. So I would guess one of those teams, I, I don't think it's a situation where he does go and claim, but I, I think Baker actually has a lot of good football left. I'm sort of half-joking. The way his career ended in, in, in Cleveland, I, I thought he was given in the short end of the stick, playing injured, and, and for some reason Kevin Stansky not wanting to win on the run game late last season. But I, it's the true definition of a reclamation project, and then it's about finding the right fit, whether it's over the next month of the season or whether it's next year when you try to jumpstart your season, uh, your career again in terms of what his future is going to look like as a quarterback, whether it's a starter or whether now he's going to be destined to be a backup. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm with you in general on him. Like, I, I, it's hard for me to believe that because we've seen him play the position well enough in the NFL. I just I can't imagine that's all gone. But like, we need the right combination of him and a coach and a coordinator to get it back out of him. And it may be two years from now after he's been somebody's backup and he comes in for an injured starter and has this little little reemergence. All that being said, of the positive, I'm actually surprised that the idea today is that he's going to get claimed. Because 
I don't know who would claim him and not just wait for him to be on the open market because all the bad teams you laid out, why would you even run the risk of winning a game that you shouldn't because Baker's now your quarterback and messing up your draft position? And anybody else doesn't really make sense either. So I'm I'm surprised that he's actually not going to end up being just a straight free agent. No, that's a great point, Andrew. And it would save the team that would think about signing him, I think, a million and a half dollars. Right. And it's funny, you mentioned taking the risk of winning a, a game. If you bring Baker on, Will Brinson, my, my colleague, we do a podcast together for CBS Sports, and last night he said, would the Buccaneers think about bringing on Baker to a, a keep a team like San Francisco or Seattle, another team that could be in the mix, from signing him? And my first response is basically what you're saying. If you're the Buccaneers – why would you bring on – let him go to San Francisco. That might be best-case scenario for you. If you can't win in Carolina, why would you go uh, – why is suddenly anything going to change in terms of the way you played? Yes, you have better players around you, but the way he's played this year, I mean, he got benched for P.J. Walker, who has been a backup his entire career. And then last week, Sam Darnold played. Sam Darnold looked like he was at USC. He played so well by comparison. So I, I think you make a great point, and it may be a situation where teams, number one, don't want to pay him that salary. They don't think he's worth a million and a half dollars a year for, for the next four or five games. And number two – they're in no rush because this quarterback class, we say it every year around this time, next year's quarterback class is going to be fantastic. Well, a year ago we were saying that, and this quarterback class is suddenly very thin, in part because of NIL, in part because kids are going back to school and, and transfer portal and all that. So it's slim pickings at the top. And if you're, for example, the Texans and you love, say, Bryce Young, let's not mess with that. Let's keep going in the direction we're going and get our quarterback. Yeah, and maybe I like drama too much, but I I want to sign up for somebody taking him to block him from going somewhere else. Um whether it's Seattle or, you know, the the or Tampa Bay like you mentioned because I I have to think he's better than Brock Purdy. Maybe he's not, but I have to think that he's better than Brock Purdy, especially right now. I also think that the Niners should find Baker Mayfield because Maybe Brock Purdy doesn't pan out, and then I'd rather have to go to Baker Mayfield than to Josh Johnson as my fourth quarterback this year. So whether it's Seattle or somebody else, that's the one I can get behind is making sure he doesn't get to the Niners because that, to me, could be worst-case scenario. If he stumbles upon a good stretch with that defense, maybe I don't want to play him as a Niner quarterback in a couple weeks. Listen, again, you're making sense, and I can't really push back on it. And the biggest thing for me right now is confidence. And, you know, we can joke about whether confidence is a thing or not. It absolutely is a thing when you're playing sports. And Baker, I think, probably has zero confidence. He, he feels like the, the physical manifestation of that picture of him giving that press conference with the trench coat and the mustache looking like Columbo. Like, that's what he feels like as a football player right now. That said, I mean, it wasn't even two years ago. It was whatever, 21 months ago, 22 months ago that he beat the Steelers in the playoffs in, in, in a season in which the Steelers, I think, started 9-0 and or something. And one thing that rookie quarterbacks don't do is win playoff games and certainly don't go to the Super Bowl. So if you're not sold on Brock Purdy, and let's be honest, no one's sold on Brock Purdy, but if you're not sold on him in that system where the running game and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and that outstanding defense do much of the heavy lifting, and you want to you know, break glass in case of an emergency quarterback, then perhaps Baker's the guy. But I think you have to make sure, as Marshawn likes to say, your, your mentals are right because <laughs> – Kyle Shanahan can call the plays, and they can put you in the most advantageous situation as a quarterback for success. But if you're out there and, and your your mind's not in it, we'll see a lot of the Carolina Baker. But I don't hate it. I, I think you're right. I think if if that's the thought process, if you're Seattle and you're trying to make a move now on on uh, San Francisco in that division, and you're only a game behind them, and your quarterback, you know, I'll be praised <laughs> to Eugene Cyril Smith the third is balling out. Yeah. Maybe that's something that you do actually consider just to to take one 
one fewer option on the table for the 49ers at the quarterback position. Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports is with us here on Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, let's go to the Niners. Let's assume for a minute that, that Baker Mayfield does not end up in San Francisco. So it's the Brock Purdy show. I know it's only three-plus quarters, but what's the ceiling for the Niners with that defense and him at quarterback once we get to the postseason? I, so I covered the draft, too, for, for CBS Sports, and I went back and looked at my scouting report of what I wrote up on him a couple of years ago. The thing about last year, Brock Purdy, he was Mr. Irrelevant, the last player drafted. And I, when I watched him last season, I had him as a, a day three guy, maybe undrafted free agent, and that's where he ended up. But if you go back and watch two years ago of Iowa State, he was a much better quarterback, much more consistent, made better decisions, wasn't forcing the ball quite as much. And I think that's a situation he's now in in San Francisco, and that's the quarterback he can be. Because, again, you're not going to be asked to do everything. Jimmy Garoppolo sort of redefined what it meant to be a game manager, and I, I say that in the, in the most positive light. He was having his best season, and he was making certainly making some throws, and some throws that Brock Purdy may not even be asked to make, much less be able to, to pull off. But the players around Brock Purdy are, are, are what's going to determine how far this team goes, because I think there's a chance that Brock Purdy and the 49ers could win a playoff game. Beyond that, you're, you're sort of asking too much, but I, I think if you can keep his uh, responsibilities at a minimum and let the defense just continue to dominate and get three and outs on the other side and allow your team to have as many possessions as possible. This team can, can, can win the division and, and, you know, make, make a little noise in the playoff. I think it would be asking a bit much for them to, to reel off some, some, some wins in a row once January gets here. But I'm optimistic, and I think we're going to see more of the Brock Purdy we saw two years ago to Iowa State, not the one that was so inconsistent last year. If Jimmy was healthy, would they be your best chance, the Niners, that is, to knock off the Eagles? Or is there, is there somebody else that's the second-best NFC team in your mind, so to speak? No, it would be the 49ers. And, you know, I say this a lot this time of year when it gets down to, to crunch. Number one, the 49ers play great once the weather turns. And we've seen that year in the year out. They were a, a dropped interception away from Jaquas Guitar last year from going back to the, to the Super Bowl. Um, that, number one. Number two... When you guys have like the Cowboys are a really good football team, but when you have Mike McCarthy as the coach, and historically he's made some decisions that leave you scratching your head in, in critical moments, my question always is, do you trust him going forward to make the right decision when it has to be made? And the answer for me is no. Kyle Shanahan, I feel pretty good about. <laughs> I think that's not a unique opinion. And of course, the, the Vikings are there, but the Vikings are sort of tempting fate here with the, all these close one-score games they played. They played a ton of close one-score games last year, and they went 8-9. And, and this team, in terms of value per play, if you look at football outsiders, they're not much better than last year's team. They've just been lucky in their 10 and 2 So I'm a little concerned about that catching up with them. I think San Francisco, given the way they play, given their defense, given their, their history in terms of success late in the season, quarterback situation aside, are, are the biggest threat to the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC right now. Ryan, what can we do with the NFC South as a whole? The entire time I'm watching this game last night, I'm hoping that one day we live in a world where a division winner isn't guaranteed a home playoff game. I can put them in at you know 500, but can we ever get that home game reward off the table as well? Yeah, that division is a mess, and you know we thought it was going to be the NFC East. And jokes on us—they have three teams in the playoffs as we sit here, and could have four by the time it's all said and done. But it is quite a situation where Tampa Bay is just ahead of the Cowboys in terms of the, the rankings in the NFC. And I suppose if there's some solace, the Cowboys would travel to Tampa Bay right now and play if that were the playoff game. And I don't know what that spread would be. I feel like it would be the Cowboys giving three and a half or something. I don't know. But it's a fair point. And that was some, 
the game was exciting at the end, and it was fun to see Tom Brady do his Tom Brady uh, song and dance at the end there. But the Saints made a million mistakes, and and the the Buccaneers made just one less than a million mistakes, and that's how they <laughs> eked it out. They're both bad football teams, and the coaching was was hard to fathom. Andy, if Andy Dalton had played for the Buccaneers last night, that team, the Bucks, win by fifty. That's how good Andy Dalton played. He still can't win a primetime game, so I feel bad for him. But in terms of the overall division, those that's it's. It's not great, and even if there weren't those handful of plays at the end that the Buccaneers found a way to win it, they're still a bad football team. The Saints are still a bad football team, and I don't know if the owners will get behind sort of reordering the draft, uh, excuse me, the, the playoff seedings, but it's a fair question because there, I think there's a very real chance that Tampa Bay gets to eight wins and wins the division with a losing record. Yeah, so we closed out last hour talking about this um, for clarity's sake. Uh, let's just say I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan. Let's just say I've had enough of Brady winning and everything. So whenever the exit comes, great. Thought I already had it, didn't. I'm living with it. Now, on one hand, I see this Buccaneer team. I see the way he's playing. I think, okay, fine. He's going to get in the playoffs, but odds are they're going to lose at home in that first round because they're probably playing a better team than them. So I'll be done with Tom Brady quickly. Tom, our producer, said, oh, no, no, no. You should be very afraid a wide-open NFC is ripe for Tom Brady making a run once they get into the postseason. Where would you fall on that? Quick exit or the danger of a Brady mini-renaissance in January and all of a sudden he's playing in Philly for the NFC title? Um, I'm with you. Unless they're playing the Saints in the playoffs, they're every <laughs> game they're on to the Super Bowl. I mean, you saw how that team looked. They scored three points for the first drive, and they did absolutely nothing. Against a decimated Saints defense, by the way, yeah. until the very end of that game because the Saints kept shooting themselves in the foot. Listen, the best opportunity for Tampa Bay to, to perhaps get on one of those runs that Tom's talking about is they got to find a way to jump frog, leapfrog to San Francisco for number three. Because if you get to number three, then you're facing the number, what do you face, number six team. So then right now you're playing the Giants. So look, you yeah. can beat the Giants in Tampa Bay. If you're at four and playing Dallas, I, I don't like your chances and I don't, again, I don't know who was blocking for Tom Brady. They have one offensive lineman, original starter left, Donovan Smith. He has 31 holding penalties since he came to the league, which leads to the universe. All the other four guys have either retired, left, or injured. Uh, the, you have the, the pass catchers, sure, but the defense is banked up. And they, <laughs> they couldn't stop Andy Dalton in prime time. So I'm out on, on Tom Brady getting red hot and riding off on the white horse into the sunset. I think if they're four and play a Cowboys team at five, for example, that's going to be a, a quick exit to, to the 2022 season for the Buccaneers. All right, let's end on that pseudo-high note. you making me feel good about avoiding <laughs> a Brady push in January. Ryan, it's always great to talk. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Thank you, Andrew. That's Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. As he said, you can read him, watch him, hear him through all the different CBS Sports properties. Always worth to check in with Ryan. Uh, and especially a good way to get you ready for buy or sell. But I've got two quick pre-buy or sells for D-Cell right now. D-Cell, buy or sell, you'd ever spend $220 on a pair of sneakers. Okay. So you've heard of the movie Mighty Ducks, right? Oh, that is right in my wheelhouse. Absolutely. You also understand that it's a fair question to you because as we've learned uh, yes i'm not the biggest fan of uh, motion pictures yeah. right you know pop culture you've got yeah, some blind yeah. spots we yeah. never know where we're gonna go totally okay. fair so like you mighty ducks conway banks the hawks there's a new disney plus show my kids watch love it 
I've got multiple Mighty Ducks things in my house right now. I got a t-shirt. I got a hat. Like, it's one of my favorite movies. Means a lot to me. I don't know if you noticed, but about a month ago, the NHL and Adidas, who's their apparel partner, announced because the 30th anniversary of the first movie, a special line of clothes. They've got real Mighty Ducks jerseys. You can buy a Hawks jersey. And they said, coming in December, Mighty Ducks colorway. That's a cool kid's term. Sneakers. So I got an email reintroducing the sneakers. I go, oh, that's right. I wanted to check these out. I click on it. I go in. And for $220, you can buy Adidas sneakers in Mighty Ducks colors or Hawks colors if you're the devil. I don't know if you, why you would sign up to be the Hawks. But $220, diesel. I might have paid $120 begrudgingly for sneakers that rep the Mighty Ducks. But $220, are you kidding me? You can't pay $220. And you mentioned that Hawks jersey there and the shoes are also in the yeah. Hawks colors. I believe the New York Jets wore... And Mike White specifically was wearing a Hawks jersey. Yeah. I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I wouldn't pay anywhere near 220 for it. And I'm sure the jersey is way more than the shoes. That's my next question. What does the jersey cost if the sneakers are 220 I mean, for 220 those sneakers better make me play hockey. <laughs> well. I can, I can wear these on the ice. Right. They get yeah, right. They should be sneakers that are transform into skates. And all of a sudden, I'm at a peak 11-year-old Adam Banks and said they're just regular sneakers. Buy or sell number two. Is it time for me to get rid of my AOL email address? Buy or sell. If we were friends, you'd know this, but you choose to ignore it. (laughs) I'm nothing if not loyal. And I still have, I still use like my original email address. It's time to let it go. You got to let it go. Now, it's tied to so many things, my my AOL, my personal That's going to be address. really annoying. Right. It's also the email address that I've given out professionally for 20 plus years now. And you never know when someone's going to want to track me down and ask me to do a low-level college basketball game for them for $74. Of course. Which still <laughs> wouldn't get me the Mighty Duck sneakers. So I, I don't want to change it. But for the last... Three months, four months, on a recurring cycle, it's like the AOL Mission Control just flips off their junk mail, their spam filters, and my inbox is just overwhelmed, overwhelmed with spam. That would normally go in the spam folder, I'll do it a quick check, make sure nothing got in there by accident, delete all, we move on. But I'm constantly deleting the most vulgar, ridiculous emails ever. There's one in there right now. <laughs> advertising a mini chainsaw. I don't need a chainsaw in any size (laughs) right now for my life. But this one's got mini chainsaws. If you need, I don't. And it's driving me nuts. Now, is it that you don't need a chainsaw in any capacity or you don't know how to operate one? They they go hand in hand, (laughs) D-Cell. I don't know how to use one. So for safety's sake, I shouldn't have one. But... I have never found myself in position to hire a saw-handling person to come to my house and do something for me. All right, here's what you need to do here with the email address situation. We are coming up on the new year. It is going to be 2023. That should be at the top of your New Year's resolution to integrate a new email address for yourself. You're a grown adult, Bogish. Get rid of the AOL. But I, I know other far more accomplished adults that still have their AOL address, so I don't want to leave the club, but this is driving me nuts. I don't care about how I'm going to lose nine pounds in one week. 
This one's called Rock Hard. You know exactly what they're talking about. Get out of my inbox. I mean, maybe Leave forward me that. Maybe forward that one to me. I could use, you know, uh, getting rid of some nine pounds here. Plus, we're coming oh, up. Oh, that's on the, the one you wanted. And we're coming up oh, on the okay. holiday season. It's only going to get worse for me here. <laughs> but more importantly, it's time for buy or sell. That's next on Rider Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I'd say something, but D-Cell's getting impatient. We're late. America's been waiting as well. They're impatient. I'm sorry for making all of you wait. It's time for Buy or Sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Andrew. Last hour, we discussed how the Bucks needed that comeback last night to escape with a win over the Saints. Well, because of that Saints loss, as of right now, this very moment, the Eagles have a top five pick. Yes, that's right. Those 11-1 Eagles have a top five pick in next year's draft because remember that Philly acquired New Orleans' pick in a trade in April. My question to you, Andrew, buy or sell, the Eagles are now convinced that Jalen Hurts is their franchise quarterback and will not use that first-round pick from New Orleans on a quarterback. Man, it must be nice to be in Philly as a whole right now, huh? Philly's just got Trey Turner coming Which, off. Which uh, we series. will be uh, revisiting uh, later in buy or sell. Eagles are eleven and one, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know any other way to look at it now. I think we can debate just how good Jalen Hurts is, and there's always going to be things that he has to do better, so to speak, moving forward. He's not a finished product, but. Um, yeah, no, they're good at that spot. So whether that pick is a different position, maybe they move back because there'll be quarterback-hungry teams there. Um, that's a nice little bonus on top of what, again, should be a Super Bowl appearance for this team this year. Is Then we're sitting pretty when it comes early to the draft as well. Bye. Oh, yeah, bye. All right, let's stick with quarterbacks here, Andrew. Yesterday, Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said that Lamar Jackson would be, quote, week to week, end quote, after suffering a knee injury in the first quarter on Sunday against the Broncos. Now, through 12 games this season, Andrew, Jackson has 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and he's 21st in the NFL in passing yards. 
buy or sell that Lamar Jackson should regret how he handled his contract talks with Baltimore this offseason? I'm going to sell it, D-Cell. Sell. I think normal logic would tell you that he messed this up. That he, it's not done yet. That this is somehow the injury, the not huge numbers, the fact that they probably they could have a better record than they do right now because they had these all these blown lead issues and he's been part of some of those collapses. All of those things would tell you that the price tag is coming down a little bit, but that's not necessarily how NFL economics work, especially when we're paying quarterbacks. It's just based on the last deal. And I, I, I know a strange number of people who are plugged into the Ravens and everyone just seems to think that this is going to be done. That this is not Baltimore deciding still whether they want him to be the long-term guy. You know, the his mom being his rep is a complication, but it's not any kind of deal breaker. That they're just both, they know at some point they're going to sign paper and it's going to be over with. So it looks bad, but I really don't think this leads to any kind of drastic change for him in the future. Coming off their win over the Bears this past weekend, the 5-8 and eight Packers, it's still weird to even say that, are still mathematically alive for the playoffs, although those hopes seem slim. Nevertheless, Green Bay head coach Matt LaFleur says he wants Aaron Rodgers back next season, saying, quote, yes, absolutely yesterday when he was asked about it. My question to you, Andrew, buy or sell the Packers should look to trade Aaron Rodgers this offseason. I'm going to buy this, D-Sale. Buy. I buy it, too, without the specifics. Um, and, you know, you give me these things beforehand, so it would have been a good idea for me to look it up. I don't know all of the financials for how they would, what would happen when they get rid of him, if they got rid of him. But I think they've reached that point where they're going to have to go backwards to go forwards again. And that means probably, you know, not downgrading, but going to Jordan Love and finding out what Jordan Love is. The one caveat remains, though, they may already know what Jordan Love is. And they may know that Jordan Love is not the guy to replace Aaron Rodgers, which leads to a whole other conversation that so much of this drama began with them drafting Jordan Love for him not to end up being the next quarterback for them makes all of that look that much worse if there's no actual payoff to pissing off Aaron Rodgers for the last couple of years. But... I'm just I'm just over him. Not that he's done. If he's if he's on the open market, if he's available, I'll have a long list of teams that should go get him for two more years. But it just seems like things are, have kind of run their course in Green Bay. So again, not knowing if that's a fifty million dollar dead cap hit, although those things don't seem to matter anymore. But yeah, I would I would think about revisiting those divorce proceedings this offseason. All right, let's get to some hoops here. And this first one has absolutely nothing to do with basketball at all. Today is Giannis Antetokounmpo's 28th birthday. Happy birthday to Giannis. And after the Bucks because win... Because he's listening? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay. I have it on good authority that We're he checks We're actually on in Milwaukee, are we not? I mean, that's what I'm so saying it's possible. Here. All right, after the Bucks win over the Magic last night, Giannis was hopeful he would get some birthday presents. I don't know if my uh, lady has anything planned for me. I hope they have something planned for me. Maybe like a birthday cake. Maybe like a birthday card, or maybe like a birthday watch, or maybe a jewelry. I would love that. I don't know if my family is watching right now, they should go get get them. Um, I would not want to go to dinner because I have a game the next day. I want to be able to rest and uh, get my treatment that I usually do and take my nap and play with my kids. I once I put my kids uh, to bed, you never know. 
Giannis saying, quote, might get a little bit freaky, end quote. Buy or sell Giannis's wishful thinking for his birthday plans and gifts. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, buy it. Buy. Why, why wouldn't you hope your birthday ends like that? That should be every person's birthday wish. It was a long buildup, though. It's almost like he wanted to say, get a little freaky. You got to say, like, you know, give me the, you know, the materials, the watch, the jewelry. I actually don't care about any of that stuff, though. Yeah, it was a long buildup to get to the punchline, but I loved it. I mean, I, he's he's just too fun. He's so good on the court, obviously, but he's so good for the NBA. He's yes. so good. for the, His personality is exactly what the NBA needs. There, there's nothing wrong. He's nearly perfect as far as we know, right? I mean, there's been no off-court drama, nothing even remotely bad. The game is ridiculous. He's still so young. He's already won an NBA. Like they've already been to the end. I mean, it's just, he's just remarkable. So you know what? Good for him. I hope things did get freaky last night or will tonight. Fingers crossed for Giannis. Bye. All right. In his first game in over a month because of a tendon strain in his foot, James Harden was supposed to be on a minutes restriction last night against his former team, the Rockets. But Harden actually ended up playing 39 minutes because the game went to double overtime. It was a bit of a struggle for Mr. Harden. He shot 4 of 19 from the field. My question to you, Andrew. Buy or sell, you believe in James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers long-term this season? I believe we are not allowed to say nice things about the Sixers on this show, so I'm going to sell this, D-Cell. Sell. I was just reading yesterday how the Sixers' offensive numbers, not surprisingly, have come down without Harden. Now, there's also an Embiid absence in there as well. But their defensive numbers have gone up. And the point was, when Harden comes back, how do those two numbers adjust? Because they should be better on offense, but he makes them worse on defense because that's just not his thing. It's still hard to pick against him and Embiid. And I love Tobias Harris when he doesn't have to be one of your top two guys. But it is still Doc Rivers, and it is still you know a quarter through the season, and they're they're just at 500. So um, their warts maybe are a little more warty than we thought they were going to be. So I'll sell on those Sixers long term. Sell. All right. Now speaking of making returns, Kawhi Leonard hadn't played in over two weeks for the Clippers as he continues to rehab his ACL injury from over a year and a half ago. Kawhi played last night, the most minutes he's played this season so far, 28. And in the process, Andrew, he hit the game-winning shot with just over a second remaining to beat the Hornets. Buy or sell Kawhi Leonard will be fully back to being himself by the time the playoffs roll around. This this question's come up a lot, and this remains my answer. I'm going to buy this. Buy. We, we've taken stabs at how many games he'll play, how many games he needs. Now, I, I think he's got a plan in his mind. I don't think that plan always jives with the Clippers' plan, and that's why there's been extended absences. There's been kind of confusion of how long he's going to be out for. He's come off the bench. Right. But I think I think this is him getting to where he thinks he needs to be while at times agreeing with what the Clippers think is best for him. So, yes, I, I do think that when we get to March, to April, to May, that he is going to have simultaneously preserved himself by not playing games but also playing enough games to be where he can be peak Kawhi for the postseason. 
All right. Yesterday, we discussed the New York Mets losing free agent ace Jacob DeGrom as he signed with Texas. But it didn't take long for New York to replace him with a three-time Cy Young Award winner in Justin Verlander. The Mets agreed to terms with Verlander yesterday. Two years, $86 million with a vesting option in year three. Now, the front end of the Mets rotation is now soon-to-be 40-year-old Verlander and soon-to-be 39-year-old Max Scherzer. Buy or sell the Mets needed to sign Justin Verlander. That's a quick buy. Buy. And thank you again for your for thinking I needed sympathy and to tackle this subject delicately since I am a Met fan and DeGrom is no longer in pinch, Met pinstripes. Um, but they had to go get Verlander. Carlos Rodon is out there. Other guys are out there. But this is almost replacing DeGrom. DeGrom's peak is obviously better than Verlander's peak right now. But I don't know if DeGrom has peak DeGrom left in him at least immediately in this next season. And I just watched Verlander win the AL Cy Young and the World Series. And it's crazy, by the way, that Scherzer's the younger of the two in this dynamic now. (laughs) But yes, they had to go get him, and I'm glad that they did, although they are far from a finished product and right now are still not the best team in their division. Speaking of that, let's squeeze in one more baseball one here. The Mets weren't the only NL East team to make a big agent free Free agent signing yesterday. The National League champs signed shortstop Trey Turner to an 11-year, $300 million deal. Now, the 29-year-old Turner is a career 302 hitter coming off his best season last year with the Dodgers, hitting 21 homers and driving in 100 runs. Buy or sell that the Phillies overpaid for Trey Turner? They did not overpay in terms of annual average value. Uh, But I'll buy. Buy that they overpaid in terms of length. It's just, you know, it's 11 years, and he's, like you say, he's 29, but this is kind of the going rate for players like this, so they kind of had to do it, and he's a guy that I would have wanted. I wanted him to be a Met. Any team could use him. He's a shortstop, but he's got some position versatility, and there's probably nobody like him in the game right now between average power and speed and defense. He's, he's one of the best players on the planet, and the Phillies were already going to be a pain in the butt And now they throw him on top of Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto and some good young players, plus Wheeler and Nola. That's a problem now for the rest of the National League because Trey Turner's a Philly. And that's it. And I want to say, we're still late in general, but we're ahead of schedule as for this show. Oh, we're very late. But for this show, we're pretty much... On time. We nailed it. Yeah, I, I would think so. And this would normally be the time where Bill would introduce something else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brand new topic. Just so he could, uh, you know, see me squirm. Right. <laughs> Aliens, simulations, the correct quotes of My Cousin Vinny movies. Just to see if you have any weekend plans, even though it's four days away. Exactly. Ask me what my what my astrological <laughs> sign is for the second time in four days. You're delaying breaking Yankee news. Am I really? Yeah. I'll, I will shut up. Here's your no, CBS no, 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 Sports no. update. It's, it's not what you think. No. Not what you think. Either way, it's something. And he's it's got something. he's got that. He's got everything else. Here's Peter Schwartz. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Here we are, final few minutes of this Tuesday edition of Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Andrew Bogish in for Bill. He's back tomorrow. Diesel here, of course. Thanks to him for putting together this fine show and for once again superbly hosting Buy or Sell. Thanks to Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports, to Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports for joining us this morning. Thanks to everybody who's been listening, who chimed in on Twitter. And Diesel, thanks you for not calling in at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. As we know, um, that's the last thing he wants from anybody is a phone call asking to be on this show with either me or with Bill. Now, let's finish things off in the NBA. This happened on Sunday. The story began on Sunday, so you might have missed it between NFL games, college football Final Four. Maybe we're focused on World Cup soccer as well. But Sunday, The Athletic reported that going back to Friday night, that Trey Young missed the Hawks game on purpose, that Trey's got a bad shoulder, and during the day, he showed up, assuming he would go through treatment and then not play that night. And Nate McMillan, the head coach, said, hey, how about you come for shoot-around, then you do treatment, don't worry about the, the pregame stuff, and then hopefully you can play. And Trey said, nah, no thank you. And Nate said, well, either do it this way or then don't come to the game. And Trey Young didn't come to the game. That was from The Athletic on Sunday, running through the details of this thing on Friday night. Now, yesterday, all parties involved, the player and the head coach, talked about it. This is Trey Young. It's about two minutes, and it's a pretty interesting back and forth with a reporter, Zach Klein of WS. WSB down in Atlanta. I'll preface it by saying Trey basically confirms the athletic report, but then doesn't want to explain or understand why the report now confirmed was so bad. So here's Trey Young, and the other voice you're going to hear predominantly is Zach Klein, WSB Atlanta. We're all grown men here, and there's sometimes we don't always agree. And um, I mean, it's unfortunate that. Private, private situations and private conversations get out to the public, but I guess that's what uh, the world we live in now. But uh, I mean, I'm just, I'll just focus on basketball and focus on helping my team win. And that's what I got to get to refocus it on. But what's public was that you not at the game. So why weren't you there? Man, it's not you. Uh, it's not you at me, bro. Uh, I'm curious. I mean, you're leader of this team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard for people who don't know the full situation to, to understand it. So. I mean, it's, like I said, it's a private matter again, and it made public, which is unfortunate. Um, and if it was stayed private, it probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal. But uh, like I said, it's unfortunate. My, my job and my goal is to, to win a championship, and that's all I focus on. But you can see the perception, though, Trey. You are a leader of this team, and when you're not there to yeah, support your you, guys. When you're, when you're an outside guy like you are, and you don't understand in a private matter, in a private situation, uh, you should probably stay on the outside. And like I said, it's unfortunate that everybody has to understand and and know a little bit of the details that went on inside. But, um, I mean, inside here, we're all good. And, uh, I mean, if you got any more questions about that, then you can 
you can talk to somebody else about it. That's all I got to say about it. Again, I respect what you're saying about the, the, the private of, of, of the locker room, the private of, of the practice core. We're not here. I guess it's just a public thing of you not going to support your teammates when you're healthy about not going on the bench. So where's the disconnect there? If I was healthy, I would have been playing. But, I mean, John was in a boot, and he was still at the game. Yeah, but you don't know the full story. Again. You wanna... Again. No, I don't want to. So that's just there's more to it. If you're being healthy, and just I mean, a private matter needs to stay private. So let me be the next person, the latest person to give a little kudos to Zach Klein for pushing Trey Young on this. Now you may be thinking that that's too far, that he was too combative, and we'll just agree to disagree on that because you know my frustration, and obviously I look at these things from the journalist, quote unquote, point of view, the broadcasting point of view, and too often. You know, players, coaches, GMs, owners, they're just, they're allowed to say what they want and they don't get pushed back on. And most times things are too jovial and whatever. Now, it shouldn't be adversarial all of the time, but it can be in situations like this because the thing that I think frustrated Zach, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think this is where some of his frustration came from, is because the frustration that I share and it is the confusion that Trey Young created and seems to be kind of ignoring, brushing off, and understanding the most public thing about this whatever between him and Nate McMillan is that Trey Young chose not to come to the game on Friday. Nate McMillan said yesterday that he never told Trey Young it was do this or don't come. That he says he's never told a player not to come to a game in a challenging kind of way. That this never happened and didn't happen in this situation. And I I, I kind of want to believe Nate McMillan, although I don't think he would be have been out of line if they thought that Trey Young was babying something, exaggerating something, not following Hawks, doctors, and trainers' orders by going being frustrated and going, dude, do this or don't come tonight. I don't think that's awful. And I don't I also don't think that them disagreeing about treatment or plan is that big of a deal either. But it goes to a different level, and it goes to a public level, when Trey Young chooses to not go to the game on Friday. Unless the thing that he won't tell us is that he was, like, suspended or made to stay home by the Hawks, and that Nate McMillan's lying. And maybe somewhere in here, Trey Young is trying to be kind of the peacekeeper and not let more dirty laundry get out about him and his head coach. But again, I, I what I wanted to hear Trey Young say, and I think this is where Zach Klein was trying to take him to, is that the thing that changed the story and maybe even created the dirt digging and why people were looking into the situation was him not being there. It's why Zach Klein mentioned that John Collins was at the same game when he couldn't play because of his he's he's got a foot injury. And then Trey going if I was healthy, I I would have been there playing, but that's that's exactly the point. If you can't play, that's fine, but you should still be there. You should definitely be at the game to support your teammates. It's a home game. Injured players don't go on the road. That's a different thing. But at home, if you're banged up and you can't play, you should be there. Even if you can't sit on the bench, you should be there. He wasn't there, and that was, it appears to be his choice And that's why we know about things. It's not because Sam Amick and Shams broke the story for The Athletic. It's not because anybody else is asking questions. It's because people looked around and went, where's Trey Young? Why isn't Trey Young here? 
We know why Trey might not have been playing in this game. He's got the shoulder injury, but why isn't he in the gym? That's the game changer here. That's where Trey Young's got to take a little bit of the responsibility for a, what is somewhat private. And th- things like this happen a lot. And uh, most of the times we don't know about it because the guys still go to the game. The guys show up where they're supposed to be there, and it doesn't lead to questions. It doesn't lead to digging around. It doesn't lead to asking sources what went on. And I think that's where Zach Klein wanted Trey Young to go. And Trey Young, for whatever reason, chose not to go there as well. And this is not the first time there have been rumors about issues between Trey Young and the Hawks on the court, off the court. So that certainly bears watching moving forward is if their relationship has any further strain to it. Cell strain is done because we're done. He can relax and Bill is back tomorrow. Thanks as always to Bill for letting me sit here. Thanks in particular to Cell for getting me through these two hours. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your Tuesday. And thanks for listening to Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.